I'm Rachel. And I'm Leah. And And this this is is Hashtag Hashtag History. The podcast for both history nerds and history haters alike. Where we dive into history's greatest stories of controversy, conspiracy, and corruption. Hashtag history episode 22. I'm Rachel. And I'm Leah. And this week we are doing something that I have wanted to do since we started the podcast. We are talking about our hometown. Yay! <laughs> I forgot this one was hometown. Yes. So Sacramento, Sacktown, Sack of Potatoes. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> what, does it have any other names? Sack. Um, uh, sack. Sack. <laughs> yeah. It goes by many names, but Sacramento has so much rich history. It was founded in 1849, was a huge central zone for the gold rush, was actually quite literally lifted. Yes, buildings across Sacramento were lifted after numerous floods threatened to destroy the city. Became the state capital against odds and so, so much more. So I have been dying to talk about Sacramento history since the beginning of this podcast. Sacramento has so much history that you could actually do an entire podcast about just Sacramento history. But alas, I have narrowed it down for now to just one topic. Nice. <laughs> and going back to the whole like lifting the buildings thing, I'm like, so we did a tour in old Sacramento and I highly recommend it for anybody and everybody. Um, it was the, uh, they call it the underground tours and I've always wanted to do that. There's it's so much fun. That was a question that came up from a lot of the people that were on the tour. Like, this is ridiculous. This is so expensive that they spent all this money to lift these buildings, but the location at Sacramento's location and how close it was to the water made it like a huge, um, commerce and like a very profitable place to live because you're right there by the water where stuff could get transported to you. It made the most sense, financial sense yeah. to just freaking pay to have the buildings lifted as opposed to moving somewhere that wasn't as financially sound. Yeah. Cause Sacramento, old Sacramento, and then it spans from there, but old Sacramento is located like right at the convergence of two rivers. Exactly. So I, it does make sense for like trade and stuff. Yep. So they did on that tour, they show you kind of how they ended up um, kind of shifting the river almost with like dams and stuff so that it wouldn't move in the same flow pattern that it once had. And then, yeah, lifting literally the entire city from Old Sac all the way to it was like I Street or something lifting and they would do it. um, People were these were like hardworking, badass people. They were still in their buildings, like in banks and stuff, working all day while the buildings were being lifted, like underneath them, they're in there working. They would have the little levers, like on each of the four corners and everyone, they'd like shout out to each other. Okay, you know, move it. And they'd move it one quarter. They'd wait like a minute, move it another quarter. And this would happen all day long for years. Crazy. That's crazy. Crazy. So see, you could do an entire podcast about Sacramento, but we're just doing this one topic. And this is anyone who knows anything about Sacramento history, you know about the Stanfords, I think. No, see, it's so funny that I, re- I read that part. I'm, I try not to read too far ahead so I can like, you, have legitimate... Is it that I just assume? Like, yeah. obviously, everyone yeah. knows about the Stanfords. Yeah, I was like, n- never heard of them. Okay, well, 
Even if you know nothing about Sacramento <laughs> history, but you live in Sacramento, which I happen to know that 40% of our audience does live in the greater Sacramento area. So thank you to our backend analytics for that. Yes. Just look around you. Once you know to look for it, you will see the name Stanford everywhere. For my Sacramento natives, I challenge you to keep an eye peeled for all things Stanford. The main thing is the Leland Stanford Mansion, which is in downtown Sacramento, and it's really, really cool. And the admission is free, so no excuses. Yes, it's free. You just make like a donation, whatever you want to make donation-wise. It's just cool. Yeah. If you live in Sacramento, you have to get over there and check it out. Now, why is it that the Stanfords are so infamous in Sacramento history? The Stanfords, Leland Stanford in particular, was instrumental in Sacramento history. He came here from New York during the gold rush and became a business icon. He served as a governor and a U.S. senator and was absolutely crucial to the development of the Central Pacific Railroad, which completely changed our nation's history. Most notably, though, and the thing that I think most people across the country and maybe even the world will recognize him for is Stanford University. Which I'm wearing. I was wearing a sweater. Was that actually what you were wearing? My Stanford Stanford sweater. Yes. (laughs) Um, He and his wife, they founded the university in 1891, and it's currently ranked as the sixth best university in the United States, trailing closely behind schools like Harvard and Yale and Princeton. And I have always noticed that sweatshirt you wear, that red sweatshirt. Shirt it's a pretty funny often. story. Okay, I've, I've never actually noticed it said Stanford on it. I knew it was like a college sweatshirt, yeah. but I had I never read it. Yeah, it's Stanford. That is awesome. Okay, but we're not talking about Leland Stanford this week. No, we are talking about his wife Jane. Number one because obviously girl power, obviously, <laughs> and number two because um murder. <laughs> well, maybe. Legend has it that Jane Stanford was poisoned and died in 1905, and her murder is still unsolved 115 years later. That's the story we're diving, take a drink, diving (laughs) into today. But first, we have a cocktail here. If you missed our last episode, we said we should do a drinking game where we either say dive or digging in. Or every time we say like 100%. So yes, cocktail segment. Woohoo. Um, this week we're mixing liquors, which Ugh. scares me. <laughs> but um, I'm pay- praying. I'm not paying. You paid. <laughs> but I'm praying all the other shit in this drink covers it up. Um, it has been compared to a Long Island iced tea, so buckle up. Oh my god. Why did you choose this one? What's the correlation? Oh, we're getting there. We will get there. Okay. <laughs> but... Um, there's a small amount of it, so it's not like your average Long Island iced tea. It's like correct. It's very like little. Three sips, which like Long Island iced teas. Half the reason you get one is because they come in those huge glasses. Yeah, every time. exactly. Okay. okay, so that's better, right? Yeah, there's that. So this is called the Wild Sacramento cocktail, ding, and that's ding, why. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. <laughs> so it contains Sacramento has a cocktail. Yeah, it's called the Wild Sacramento. All right. Which I'm mixing liquors. I'm not sure I want our city to be known for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it contains one ounce of vodka, a half an ounce of tequila, half ounce of triple sec, fourth ounce of gin, which like 
cool a splash of gin like why even put a half a fourth ounce of of gin stupid okay a fourth ounce of sour mix a dash of angostura bitters and a dash of lemon juice I put a little bit more lemon juice and I think a little bit more sour mix than it calls for a little bit just a little bit little just because ew (laughs) yeah so you're supposed to fill a highball glass with crushed ice and pour in all the ingredients stir briskly until the glass frosts oh my god no no, nobody got time for that no i did shake it yeah in a shaker so that cooled it down (laughs) um now as usual i couldn't really find any information on the history of the drink but it's named after sacramento i'm a Assuming since it's the wild Sacramento. Sure. So I just went with it. I love it. Yeah. I did want to add that if you live in Sacramento or ever visit Sacramento, you need to check out the vibrant cocktail scene in Midtown downtown. Yes. Yeah. In my effort to research the history of this drink, I came across many articles about the Sacramento cocktail and drinking scene and just thought this would be a great little moment to plug our town since most of our viewers are from this greater area. Yeah. The greater Sacramento area. So Sacramento is in a sort of renaissance right now, which I think is super cool. It is. And it's having a huge impact on the cocktail scene. So if anyone wants any recommendations on some really cool, really hip bars with interesting drinks, please hit us up. We um, One in particular that kept coming up on all the ones that we just went to recently was Shady Lady. I had a feeling you were going to say Shady Lady. Yeah, which it has like really interesting versions of cocktails. And they'll do like some of old old timey versions like their whiskey sour actually has the egg whites with Ooh. sounds disgusting but it's actually really good i what i think of um shady lady so you and we just recently went uh-huh. and i was feeling ballsy or something that night i can't actually remember why and decided to get a shot i don't remember why i think multiple shots okay anyway so i asked <laughs> for one there and i think i did a shot of tequila probably yeah. that's normally my standard it was a six dollar shot <gasps> oh i didn't know that so i was but i was like excuse me <laughs> like why is this six dollars and he brings it out and he was basically the size of like Oh, like that's two, right. I do two remember standard that. shot glasses. I don't remember so I was like, a lot about that night, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it was also like a Tuesday night or something. No, it was 100% like a Tuesday <laughs> night. There you go, 100%. Just oh, said it. Take Jeez. a drink. Take a drink, guys. Um, yeah, I would say, I mean, Sacramento, lots of cool stuff. Like, Sacramento it has so much history, so there's a lot of really historic buildings. Mm-hmm. But then there's so much new stuff, too, since they built the Golden One Center. They've really revamped the whole downtown scene oh, I remember absolutely. there were the ice blocks the ice blocks yeah because there were a few years there where i remember it was like if you're gonna go downtown you have one of like three places that yeah. were like good solid places yeah now it's hard to pick a place to go downtown and there's so many places to like new places to choose from and i want to try this place and this place and then you get there and it's packed and so my it's mom cool. told me like when she she used to work downtown like in the late 80s or okay. like mid to late 80s and she said like you didn't stay downtown like you, you they, everybody like went and they partied and went out and drank in like Arden or Rancho Cordova downtown was not the hit da- downtown it was like all homeless people which uh, is still kind of it still place. kind of is but I would say like with how much has changed then mm-hmm. just last night when we went out last night downtown Sacramento um it sounds like we are way more interesting than we are we're not guys we're (laughs) We're not not, but we did happen to go out last night and there were so many freaking people going down our street I don't know if you went the same way 
Would you say? I said, yeah, I'd be annoyed. Oh, I was not at all. I was like, look at all these lovely people having a wonderful night. It's 8 p.m. and I'm going the F home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they like just got there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Cheers? We need to drink. <laughs> we had to reach to cling. <laughs> oh, oh. It's the gin. Um, it's just all of the alcohol. <laughs> I only maybe because I hate gin so much. It's all I taste. Um, there are three liquors in here. Three, as well, well as like two mixers, and and triple sec actually is a liqueur. So oh, okay. technically, like three, three and, and a half, half <laughs> liquors in this. I I actually don't mind it. Um, if it had a little bit more of the mixers, in yes, it. like this much more lemon. Yeah. Or it's lime or I whatever. I mean, I could go squirt some in for you. To be honest, I'm probably not going to drink very much because I'm going to be talking a lot. You need to finish it, Rachel. Okay, fine. No, I'll, I'll be good. Peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be good. Uh, what would you give it rating-wise? Um, I need to drink more of it, but I'm going to say like a six. That's exactly what I was going to say. Okay. A six. Same page. Okay. So before we go any further into this episode... I wanted to give a shout out to Kelly Boyles from Milk House Shakes, whom we all know and love. She has come on the podcast a couple times now to help us out with our season closers. And I want to give her a shout out on this episode because she was actually the one to suggest we discuss Jane Stanford's mysterious death. So thank you, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. <laughs> now let's dive. There we go. Jeez. We say it a lot. Let's dive into who Jane Stanford was. Born on August 25th, 1828, in Albany, New York, Jane Elizabeth Lathrop Lathrop? Lathrop <laughs> was a pretty well-educated woman that married Leland Stanford in 1850. They moved around for a bit, but eventually landed in California due to the gold rush. They were married for 18 years before having a baby. So I just wanted to really emphasize that for all of you out there that start asking newlyweds immediately following the wedding, or in my case, prior to the wedding, when you're going to start having babies. <laughs> anyway, they had their only son, Leland Stanford Jr., when Jane was 39 years old. Junior died very sadly at the age of 16 from typhoid fever. Oh, rough. Yeah. When the Stanfords established Stanford University, they did so in their son's honor. Because of Jane, Stanford University has been a co-educational institution from the very beginning, meaning that women were allowed to study there from the date it was founded. That's cool. Very cool. That. Leland Stanford died in 1893, and Jane went on to build up the university for the next 10 plus years before her death in 1905. Okay, so I can't say the husband did it since he died first. Correct. Yeah, it was. This is one of the few cases in which it was not the husband. Got it. <laughs> now, what I doubt many people know is that the co-founder of Stanford University may have been murdered. Dun dun dun! I ruined that. <laughs> <laughs> something that has only really been looked into in the past like 15 or so years historically jane stanford's death was attributed to heart failure but scholars have been diving deeper into her mysterious death and a new story has been discovered interesting things first became suspicious on january 14th 1905 Jane Stanford was at home. She had gone up to her bedroom, and after dinner, she was going to drink some of her Poland water, which was part of her nightly ritual. What is Poland water? I didn't actually look it up. I was assuming it was like a sparkling water kind of thing. Maybe I should look it up. 
Let's no. look up what Poland water is. Oh, okay. Oh, it's uh, literally just a particular kind of bottled water. <laughs> okay. Anyway, it was her ritual. She had Poland water every night before going to bed. Okay. Okay. She drinks some of the Poland water and then she screams out to her maid, Elizabeth Richmond, come and see what is the matter with my Poland water. I drank some and it nearly choked me. It burned me so that I ran my fingers down my throat and threw it up. Curious. This is my favorite part of the story because not only does Jane have Elizabeth then taste the water, <laughs> she also has her secretary, Bertha Burner, taste it. She's That's like, a name. Oh, yeah. Bertha Burner. She's coming up later, so get used to the name. But Jane's like, hey, guys, this water is disgusting. Now everyone come taste it. It's like when something stinks. And, and then you, like, hold your fingers in yeah, people's face. Yeah, and you're, like, you're like, smell like, my hands. Yeah, this is so <laughs> gross. Smell it. You want to make everyone else endure the same agony that you just did well the maid and secretary both agreed that the water tastes disgusting and they immediately spit it out this is also a super great part of the story the maid and the secretary take the remainder of the water to a drugstore the following day to have it tested by a chemist and i love that they did this because it's just like so unrealistic for me personally like if my water tastes like shit you dump it out yes. and then just get another glass. And so I love, and I don't mean that in a sarcastic way. I actually love that they instantly suspected poison. That's just so fantastic <laughs> because <laughs> so fantastic, so fantastic because lo and behold, the following day, the chemist was able to confirm not only had the water been mixed with poison, but it had been mixed with enough strychnine to kill an elephant whoa and three people tasted this water okay freaking out rightfully so jane got the hell out of dodge and headed to hawaii <laughs> i wish i could just oh to hawaii one well but also like under those circumstances like i've just been poisoned let's go to hawaii yeah so i'll take half of that story not the other half yes please. thank you <laughs> The president of Stanford, in response to this, and with rumors circulating about a potential poison of the co-founder of the university, told the public that Mrs. Stanford had pneumonia and was advised by her doctor to find a warmer climate than that at home. Not that there's much warmer climate anywhere but Sacramento. <laughs> Dude, speaking of Sacramento, per her usual routine... Jane was headed to bed after a lovely day at the Moana Hotel, which we would insert some Moana music here if we wouldn't get sued for right, it. Right, absolutely. <laughs> she drank her Poland water and went right to bed for the very last time. Dun, dun, dun! Uh, can you tell? We're both trying to make careers as Dateline correspondents here. <laughs> so <laughs> this is my audition piece. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Sometime in the middle of the night, Jane's secretary, Bertha Burner, she reports hearing Jane moaning, and then she began convulsing. Jane was able to utter the words, I think I've been poisoned again. Be sure to tell the doctor what happened. By 11.30 p.m., Jane Stanford was dead. Was it this? I'm sure you'll go into this, but like, if it was the same kind of poison and you like, it tasted weird again, why the flip are you still drinking this? <laughs> oh, Yeah. Like, why, like, if you've just possibly been, someone you, tried poisoning you. Yeah. Wouldn't you pour your own water for, or whatever the heck I, Poland water is. Or just is. don't drink Poland water. Any, <laughs> I don't know. Just, like, drink tap water. Something, change the routine somehow. Yeah. 
Yeah. Knowing the history that Jane had, the hotel instantly treated, was instantly treated as a crime scene. Honolulu police confiscated both the water she drank that night and some pills that she had by her bed to test them for poison. Shortly thereafter, Dr. C.B. Wood testified that he could confidently say that Mrs. Stanford had been poisoned with strychnine. So it is the same kind of poison. It's the exact same thing. <sighs> okay. Dumb. <laughs> the Honolulu police quickly ruled it as a murder by poisoning, and this is what went on the official record. Back home in California, though, Stanford University president David Starr Jordan was not having any of that. Remember, this is also the guy that said in the first place that Jane had traveled to Hawaii due to, t- due to pneumonia without acknowledging in any way the initial poisoning attempt. Now, upon hearing word from Honolulu police that Jane's death had been ruled a homicide, he quickly refuted this and stated that, no, no, it's because Jane was fat. <gasps> At this time, Leah, I would like you to view a picture of Mrs. Stanford and let our audience know how grotesquely obese she was. Uh, she's thinner than me. <laughs> That's not true. She's not, my point is, like, she's not, she's not 12 pounds, but she's not fat. That For for an older lady, yeah. she's looking good. She looks fantastic. Oh my, what? Yeah. I'm just. So, yeah. So, I realize how naive I sound that, like, Anyone can have heart issues regardless of their weight. However, Jane Stanford in particular did not have a history of heart issues. Additionally, it was Stanford President Jordan's belief that all of the food that Jane had eaten that day in Hawaii, which granted, we do know that she was living it up that day and eating like any and all of us would if we were staying at a hotel in Hawaii. Some Stan Vesuvius, please. Please. She, it had flared up a layer of fat around her heart, and that is what had killed her. This is someone who's supposed to be in, like, an higher education. And also, like, who ca- who cares? Why do you care? Like, why does it matter? This is how I feel, is that if this is, like, true scientific evidence, like, medical proof. What was his degree in? Oh, no, I was going to say for myself, like, I'm never eating again, so. No, he's dumb. Okay. <laughs> That's not real. It's flared up a layer of fat around her heart and had killed her. And, like, it's really cute. The things she ate that day, too, are not, like... I mean, she was eating, like, cucumber sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, like, a lot of cucumber sandwiches. That's a good sandwiches. day for me. <laughs> that's eating healthy. Come on. <laughs> the... <laughs> The San Francisco Police Department also agreed that Jane had died of natural causes. A.K.A. fat. A.K.A. fat. A.K.A. cucumber sandwiches. What the? What if that was on your death certificate? Like, death by cucumber sandwiches. Good way to go. Actually, <laughs> Better no, than I poisoning. cucumbers. So. Do you? You didn't know that? Wait, maybe I did know that. Like, other than in tzatziki, like, uh, Middle Eastern, like, tzatziki uh-huh. stuff. Like a yogurt with mm. cucumber and dill. Okay. Um, Even like cucumber flavored water. No, that's when I've remembered it about you. Because there was like, we went to some party where they like infused cucumber. And it actually it. disgusts me. I remember that now. And I had like 17 glasses of water and you just I, were dying of thirst the entire time. Okay. It's the story of my life, yeah. <laughs> just dying of thirst constantly. And there's water in front of me. Everywhere, and I'm like, yeah. God, I'm so thirsty. <laughs> like I said at the beginning of the episode... 
this natural causes story is the one that was projected to the public until more recent years. When Jane Stanford's body was returned to San Francisco, the university was all but closed and people were told, especially those at the school, to stick to the official story. Stanford University co-founder Jane Stanford had died of heart failure. We know now that this was not true. The autopsy report very clearly states that poison was found in Jane's body. So since we have accepted that the poison story is the true one, let's now dive into what the actual heck happened and who done it. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying for that Dateline career here. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> one person that people have suspected, which doesn't come with a lot of surprise, is Stanford President David Starr Jordan himself. There's zero evidence to support this theory other than all of the cover-up type activity that he engaged in following Jane's death. But in my opinion, and the opinion of many others, Jordan was simply making a PR move, trying to paint the university in a good light and not give in to rumors that could tarnish the university's reputation. I'm shocked because you're such a um, conspiracy theorist. I, yeah, well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think we can agree. It's He's just... Being a good PR guy. Yeah, he probably didn't benefit from her death in any way. No. In other fact, than, he was like, trying to cover it up. I would say other than people like me, uh, that would be like, the co-founder was murdered? Yes, I will apply to that school. Like, <laughs> other than people like me. Right. There is actually one person that people have genuinely looked into and have suspected from the start that could be responsible for Jane Stanford. Her maid. Her, her, her maid. You're on it. You're on it. Her assistant. That person is the one person that was Bibi. there at the time. Bibi. 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 At the time of Jane's death that very outrightly spoke against the idea that Jane had been murdered. Rather, she pushed the belief that it had to have been suicide or natural causes. Yeah, because I would totally kill myself with like poison. Right. Mm -hmm. So, like you said, her secretary, Bertha Burner, Bibi. She is the number one suspect. <laughs> <laughs> because she was the only person that was there both times that Jane Stanford was supposedly poisoned. Mm -hmm. Come on, girl. Mm -hmm. So, Leah, tell me from our many combined years of forensic files experience, nine times out of ten, why does the husband kill the wife? <laughs> to collect life insurance. <laughs> That's what my notes say, but that is the truth, right? Like, yeah. to collect the life insurance. Every episode is always like that. Like, the wife dies under suspicious causes, oh. and then... And then the husband, oh, he took out a life insurance only, policy for $10 million. Only two oh, weeks before. Yeah, a yeah. week before. <laughs> yep. And so why do the kids kill the parents? What's the motive there? Oh, uh, is there a consistent thing? Money. Yeah, inheritance. Inheritance. Right? Okay. That's like, where I'm duh. going with this. Yes. <laughs> so oftentimes with murders... There is a financial motivator and financial gain if the perpetrator is successful. Yeah. In Bertha's case, should Jane pass away, Bertha would receive $15,000. This is a decent amount of money. Is it worth killing someone over? Well, what's, I mean, yeah. we, I feel like we do this in every episode. What's $15,000 in? Yes. Yes. What is it today? In today's money, that is $400,000. So that's a house in Sacramento. So it is worth killing someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't say anything. <laughs> I mean, $400,000, guys. 
<laughs> questionable question mark question mark <laughs> bertha had been with the stanfords for over 20 years at the time of jane's death bertha also never married and never had children so caring for jane was her 100 percent full-time job was she paid well i don't know the answer to that actually when jane passed away bertha used the money to build herself a two-story home in beautiful Menlo Park. Where's Menlo Park? Somewhere pretty. I didn't do this research. No. <laughs> You're asking questions. I don't actually know the answer. I'm going to guess San Francisco. San Francisco. You were right. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks pretty. I just did a little Google search. Love it. The most interesting part of the Bertha theory, though, is how many times Bertha's version of the events of Jane's final moments changed throughout the years. By the end, the story she was telling police was that Jane had eaten an insane amount of food that day, which could suggest that she was attempting to persuade the public and authorities that the theory regarding eating too much food resulting in heart failure was the true story. Bertha even wrote a biography about Jane Stanford later in life, and in this biography stated that Jane had died as a result of heart failure. Of course, the primary evidence circumstantial yes that we have to pinpoint bertha as the culprit is because of the accessibility to jane i mean imagine if you had somebody with you nearly every day all day for over 20 years the things that you would trust that person with i mean leah i've told you things that i prayed never get repeated imagine if you and i were glued at the hip every day for two decades the sh- the shit you would hear mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Bertha did become a friend of Jane's, but remember that she was still her assistant, which meant that Bertha was the person that filled Jane's prescriptions, the person that brought her her food and water, and the person that lived within feet of the woman for years and years. Oh, that's... Oh. Right. Hmm. Using our forensic files minds again, think about the modes of murdering someone. They talk all the time about how men are more aggressive and how if they were to kill someone, they would choose methods such as shooting them with a gun or stabbing them with a knife and so on. I don't want to sound like I'm just giving people all these ideas out here. (laughs) Not that they're very original. Right. But think of the methods a woman would be more likely to use to kill someone. Being the less aggressive of the sexes, it's not far-fetched to think a woman's preferred mode for murder could be poison. Well, that's like a common trope. There have been an insane amount of studies that have proven that poison is actually the preferred method for murder by females. Yeah. So in my mind, Bertha alone had the opportunity and the means to poison her boss. What was the motive, though? Money. Money? Greed? She was sick and tired of the lady after 20 years and knew she could get $400,000? I mean, okay. Yeah, for, $400,000 isn't, like, a lot of money. Uh-huh. I mean, it's enough for a house, uh-huh. which is a lot. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying I don't think it's enough to kill for unless... It's not $5 million. You're an assistant who has never had a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're pissed off at your boss. Sure. And you're flipping tired of her. Sure. Good motives. I could see it. And definitely the opportunity. Uh, you give her her Poland water every <laughs> night. And she takes it every night. Even, even though she's been poisoned by it before. <laughs> I d- and like, Can't. so, so it's so obvious that she made herself throw up immediately after drinking it. She that's, obviously knew it was poison. That's what I'm saying is like the craziest part of the story to me is like, 
cool, my water tastes like shit. Like, I guess I've never had water. I've had tap water that was, like, gross. But I guess I've never had water that was so gross that I was like, I've been poisoned. <laughs> right? Yeah. So how did she, like, maybe because it was that bad, like, you just know? Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, I mean, she knew one time. She didn't know the second time. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Maybe, I mean, they did say the first time, like, this was enough to kill an elephant. So maybe she was like, maybe BB. BB reeled it back Was a like, I can reel it back. I can do, like, a third of eighth of that amount she was morbidly obese so she's borderline elephant wow <laughs> look at the picture and you'll see that's not true it's not true, she is guys. looking good she looks fantastic Ugh. all right guys that's all i've got for you so it was a super fascinating story especially for those of you in sacramento the next time you're doing a tour of an infamous stanford landmark such as the leland stanford mansion I dare you to throw that little tidbit in there. Just like whisper it on the tour to the tour guide. Like, hey, you do know that Jane Stanford was murdered, right? <laughs> no that, one does that. that. Except for me. Like the tour guide would be like, fuck off, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, no, the tour guide. Wouldn't that be the worst if the tour guide was like, what? I was like, that wasn't I'll, in my notes. I'll take, uh, that wasn't in my script. Uh, and I would be like, I'll take it from here, guys. Excuse me. Excuse <laughs> me. Oh, actually, I do have one final note um, as we are wrapping up this episode. I have found out something about myself while researching this case. Um, I am unfortunately a bit of a grammar Nazi. Did I embarrass you with my last last episode's um, What did you script? spell wrong? I don't know. No. What Was are you there talking some... about? You're a Wait, grammar Nazi. You'll see. You'll see, you'll see okay. what I'm about to say. I, I'm being self-deprecating here. Oh. I, I am a grammar Nazi, and I've never actually been that jerk that's, like, corrected someone on social media when they spell your, like, Y-O-U-R instead of you are, even though I always want to. I've never actually done it. So I'm kind of like a closet grammar yeah. Nazi. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I will admit, in the course of putting together this episode, that I had to write the word poison about 700 times, and I got the little squiggly red lines under it almost every single time I wrote it. So apparently prior to putting together this episode, I did not know how to spell poison. How did you spell it? Po- poison. <laughs> it's poison. Oh, you were doing I was like doing a- an extra I. Okay. I was I was spelling poise, P O I S I O N, eon. Poisson. Poisson. But I am proud now to report that I very much do know how to spell poison. Although that's not really a word that I will use on a daily basis in my writing. So, or maybe I do. So, yeah, who knows? (laughs) Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Hashtag History. We will post the picture from this episode to our Instagram, and then all sources used to put this episode together can be found on our website. If you enjoyed the episode, do us a favor and subscribe to Hashtag History on whatever podcast platform you use, share it with a friend, and give us a rate and review. And be sure, as always, to check us out on Instagram at Hashtag History underscore podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I feel like that was a harmony. Oftentimes with murders. Oh my god, your cat freaked the fuck out of me. (laughs) 
Hi, baby. Oh my God, literally freaked the actual f I just didn't even notice he came back in. Whew. So okay, speaking of murder. Okay. <laughs> and so, so much more. I'm what? struggling so hard. Are you able to do it over top? Sometimes that helps me if I go like this. Um, I'm getting hella lazy and just leaning it back and literally bringing this thing like all the way to my mouth. Yeah, I did good. Uh, and that was a question that came up a lot was wouldn't it <laughs> no it's tempting it's to so tempting. It, um i feel like i've been eating this entire time i have been eating the entire time you were talking the first episode i you see everything that's gone was because of me in the first episode so the rest is yours thanks for leaving with some broccoli yeah <laughs> and two sausage things